This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Welcome to a special episode of The Obsessive Viewer. Uh, this episode is an interview with uh, writer and director Michael Goldberg of Home on the Range Productions and Dave Chan of uh, Navy Yard Films. And uh, these these guys are they were gracious enough to let us use their short film uh, What's Eating Dad for screening at Sharktober in Irvington, which of course is October sixteenth, and it's eight dollars at the door cash, and then also uh, it's five dollars if you have tickets from the Irvington Ghost Tours. Uh, that's more information for that can be found at sharktoberinirvington.com. So Michael and Dave, how's it going, guys? Great, great. Great. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, our pleasure. Our pleasure. Thank you so much for letting us uh, screen your short. I I, uh, I saw What's Eating Dad at uh, Indie Film Fest over the summer, and it was part of the Hoosier Reels block of short films. And I mentioned it on the website and on the podcast here that that was my favorite my favorite short of the of the shorts in that block because for several reasons we'll, we'll get into when we discuss it, but I was really – happy that you guys were uh, kind enough to let us use that for Sharktober. Um, oh, absolutely. I'm glad you asked us. It's, that's terrific. Yeah. So the, the short itself, you guys have been taking it to so many different places and so many different uh, film festivals all, all, all over the place. Um, do you guys want to talk a little bit about what, what that experience has been like for you? Is this, is how, uh, how many, different places have you guys been for it and, and how's the experience been? Uh, sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll lead it off and then, uh, and Dave can, uh, some say some stuff about it too. Um, we've gotten into over 30 festivals, which has been amazing. Um, I don't think we thought we would get into that many when we started out. Um, it's been great to see it with audiences, first of all, you know, instead of just folks watching it on their computers or whatnot, especially for a comedy. Um, to see it in all these different places with different audiences has been really rewarding. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, different reactions, but mostly good. <laughs> mostly really good reactions. Um and it's been uh, just traveling to all these different places has been amazing. We've met some incredible filmmakers um, who are now friends. Um, the folks who put on these festivals have done amazing jobs. Uh, the staffs there with the programming, the panels, parties, everything. Um, we've seen a lot of places we haven't been to before. Um and yeah, I mean, the main thing I think, and also we've been, um, I guess the, the other big thing is pitching our, our feature, which we can, we can talk more about later, but it's been a great way to talk about the feature Surefire, which is a, a crime comedy that we're doing. It's our first feature. Um, and getting into all the festivals has been great to really talk it up there. And we've met a lot of people. We've met producers. We've met cast or potential cast we've met investors um so it's really it's it's been a great platform for us yeah and um there's so many great festivals out there and um the bigger ones and you have the smaller ones and uh, particularly you know uh 
fests like uh, Indy and Chattanooga. The smaller ones I particularly like because it's so intimate and you get to talk to other filmmakers and make friends you know, with them and uh, the festival directors. And um, But the big ones are great too. But, um, you know, I, I have this uh, love for the more intimate festivals. So, and you mentioned Indie Fest before. It's, it's a fantastic festival. I'm glad, I'm so glad we're in, we were in and that we got to go, so. Yeah, and I, I was mentioning before before we recorded that the, the, that was my first film festival experience, and uh, it I got that impression too. It's very intimate, like that kind of atmosphere is just very, very nice to be able to um, interact with the filmmakers and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a, it. Was a great um, that particular program was a great program they had pulled together too. Who's your reels? Um, all those local filmmakers. I guess the the criteria was you had to have some kind of connection to Indiana. You either had to be from Indiana or shot you know most or part of the film there. But that was a strong block, and I really I you know met quite a few of the filmmakers, um, and that was great. We actually had a similar experience in Colorado. The Colorado filmmaker program was awesome. Right. Um, so that's been a few times where we've seen like a, a state kind of pull together a program like that. And it's been really stellar. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and Michael, you're, you're from Indiana and that's, that's your tie to the, to the Indiana part of the, the film festival there. And we were just kind of wondering, was, did that make it, did that make it special for you? And was it kind of your favorite wink, wink? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, no, it was it was fantastic. I was was really glad we got in. Um, and yeah, it was even on a being from Indiana, it was kind of a homecoming. I grew up in Marion, uh, so I was able to get uh, some family up there to see it or down there to see it. And I also have some family in Indianapolis as well who came out for it, which was awesome. It was a a great way for them to all get to see it on the big screen. Um, and the fest itself just made us feel at home right away, even if we hadn't or I hadn't been from Indiana. Um, they just were – they took really good care of everybody. Um, and so that – and that makes a big difference too. So it was – yeah, it was a really special screening for sure. Sweet. That's awesome. Um, so let's talk a little bit about about the short itself. Um, as I said at the top of this, you'll – if you're listening to this and you're from Indianapolis and it's before October 16th, you'll be able to see the short at Sharktober in Irvington. We're going to be opening the night with with the uh, with What's Eating Dad actually, and uh, <laughs> and I, I, I the screening I went to at Indie Film Fest. You guys were actually there and you did the Q and A and stuff. And um, man, I just I really loved this this short in in particular because it does it's 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 a great piece of zombie fiction and i'm i'm a huge zombie nerd and, and fan for that subgenre but the thing that really stuck out to me about it was that and i don't want to give anything away about it about the plot or anything like that but what it does is it does what all great zombie fiction does is that it uses the genre as kind of a backdrop a backdrop for a stronger theme and in what's any dad's case it's it's i felt like it was just a surprisingly poignant story about uh the power of denial and accepting the shortcomings and quirks of your loved ones. And I just wanted to um, see what, uh, how did, how did, what was the genesis of this idea and how, uh, what went into actually making it? Um, well, that's great to hear. First of all, <clears throat> I, and I agree with what you said. Um, 
that was the idea was to sort of use it, you know, kind of as a, as a jumping off point, the, the zombie genre, mm-hmm. um, the genesis of it was, I guess, uh, on a practical level, I had been directing a web series, like a, a darkly comic web series. And I was just directing and doing some producing on it. And it made me want to do a, a darkly comic short of my own. I actually wrote What's Eating Dad originally to be part of that web series. Um, but because it was longer, it, it didn't quite fit the format. That's when I realized, ah, this is a standalone short. It's not really going to work for the show, but I still want to do it. Um, and in terms of uh, theme, I think... You know, I wanted to deal with family dynamics. I wanted to deal with dysfunction in families. Uh, I wanted to deal with denial. Um, And so when I started thinking about this short and making something darkly comic, that idea was the jumping off point. You know, I was like, I'll make it about, you know, a girlfriend who's meeting her boyfriend or significant other's family for the first time. And sort of what would be the most absurdly the most absurd thing that you know they would be in denial about, and then it just it hit me right away that oh he'd be a zombie, he'd, <laughs> he'd be a monster. That the father would be a monster, and you know she can see that, but they can't. And then what happens from there? And that's and then the idea and the script came together pretty quickly after that. Um, but yeah, I definitely wanted it to to work on a few levels, you know, like you mentioned, it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's the anxiety of meeting your significant other's family for the first time. And that's very universal. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. And then it also being about family dysfunction. I think a lot of people can relate to that, but that idea of, of denial and the zombie was sort of what took it into this more absurd, um, darkly comic realm that I, I hope people would follow. Um, and it seems like a lot of them have, so yeah. it's been great. <laughs> yeah, and you brought up a really great point, Matt, about uh, the zombies just being backdrop because The Walking Dead, in my opinion, is great not because of the zombies. It's be- oh, great yeah. because of all the relationships. I mean, yes, the zombies are cool. Yeah, they're fun to watch, sure, but why do we keep coming back to shows every week, or why do we binge watch you know, today's era of television? So um, it's because of relationships. So, and story, story and character. So yeah, exactly. And there was a there was a moment in What's Eating Dad where um, to to talk to talk Michael about um about the about the intention of of depicting the anxiety of meeting a loved one's parents. I just want to mention like one of my favorite lines in the in the whole short is when um the girlfriend gives the food to the mother and she it it was so. It was the timing was so great because once she tasted it, she just throws away a line saying like, "Oh, it's too salty," and you can just like feel, sense the, the the demoralizing that the girl goes through because she's so uh, has so much anxiety over it. I just thought that that was just a nice like throwaway line, just really that just hit the right beat. Oh, nice, nice, right. I <clears throat> that that's cool that you mentioned that line. What's What's also nice about it is that the boyfriend jokes about that with her at the very beginning yeah. of the film <laughs> in, an, in a nice sort of sweet, loving way. <laughs> and then when the mom comes in, it's got more bite to it. Uh, exactly. So that's like an interesting parallel. But 
what's I think you're, you've keyed into it and like the, the film is built around Chloe the heroine and her experience and as the the viewer the audience is seeing the film through her eyes and experiencing it so you're feeling all of that tension and anxiety and her anticipation what are they going to think are they going to accept her um, I think what the film does nicely hopefully is that it ends up flipping that and it's like will she accept them uh once she sees what's really going on um so i think there's a nice tension there um in the arc of the film nice right yeah i was uh i, I was very curious about the um how the shoot went and and the reason is because i i really regret not being able to go see it in the theater like matt did i watched it online on my laptop and even seeing it in that format it's amazing how cinematic it is in in just in just 10 minutes you manage to develop characters and you can tell all the thought that went into the the set production and there's some really really good makeup and just this nice back and forth between these three characters and it's just it's just so impressive what you achieved in 10 minutes and i'm just curious how you packed all that into one shoot and just how it all went and uh what kind of struggles or successes you went through I'll, well, thank you. I'll, I'll talk a little bit and then I'll also hand it over to Dave to talk about some more stuff. Um, that's great to hear that, um, you know, that it really worked in, in that location for you and in only 10 minutes. Um, that's really great to hear. It, it is, it is hard to pull off even in a short film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even as inspirations, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but you know, a couple of the things you said it was very cinematic. That's great to hear. Um, even in a, even in just an apartment, mm-hmm. I'd say the two things that I was looking at prior to shooting the film was, believe it or not, the two films were Annie Hall, the Woody mm-hmm. Allen film, and then Rosemary's Baby, the Roman Polanski film. Oh, perfect. Um, Annie Hall, in particular, for the dinner scene, the scene where Alvy meets Annie's parents for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's all shot from Alvy's point of view. <laughs> and, you know, as he's looking around and, and, and then he even starts commenting, it gets very subjective and we're very much, you know, in his world watching all these people. So that was a key thing for the dinner scene itself was I wanted to lock in on her point of view um, and get very subjective about it. Um, and then with the Polanski, with Rosemary's Baby, it was just this upside down world that that character in that film finds herself in. And then surrounded by all these people who are equally in denial, you know, they're all denying that there's some sort of conspiracy going on when there really is. Similarly, Chloe in, in What's Eating Dad is surrounded by all these people denying that there's anything going on. And it's a, a horror film. And you know, she's sort of our, our Alice in Wonderland who's kind of stepped through the mirror and she's now dealing with this crazy world. Um, but that's that was sort of what was sort of going through my head going to shoot the film. Um, and so we did want to make it as cinematic as possible. We did get, you know, we I'll let Dave talk about it, but we got access to a great location with a friend of ours. And I think that really helped out with the production value too. Um I'll hand it over to Dave for a bit. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, so if I can take some steps backward, you know, the, the genesis of any great movie, great TV show, great play, whatever, it's in the writing. So 
I, I really enjoy producing, um, but I love writing. I'm a writer first. And when I read the script, I loved it, you know, so I wanted to get on board, you know, right away. It's, it's a great script. When you have a great script, it makes production so much easier. So um, uh, there's less um, uh, doubting yourself, you know, should, should this scene take place like this or should this character say that? Now, when you have it down, you know, it makes everybody's job easier on the set. Um, so having said that, um, I felt like the production was pretty smooth. Um, we did have some challenges. Um, the the actor who played the zombie, um, he, he really couldn't take the contacts. Um, mm-hmm. So what you saw in the film, that was uh, post-work. But oh, wow. um, the contacts were really hurting his eyes. We were like, okay, so, you know, don't worry about it. We'll just, we'll fix it in post. So um, that's what we did. And I'm glad we did because I think that really helped sell mm-hmm. zombie look a lot. Um, but thank you on the uh, the makeup compliment too because uh, Kate Susan, our makeup artist, worked on After Earth with uh, Jaden Smith, Will Smith. Terrific, fantastic makeup artist. So wow, um, nice. highly recommend her. Um, but it, it, was, it was two days of shooting mm-hmm. um, two long days, but uh, definitely well worth it. Learned a lot. Um, made a lot of great friendships out of it. So um, yeah, it's, it's always fun to work with um, insects. I don't want to give it away. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, on just, just on a practical level too, we um, David Power is, is our friend, and he also worked on the film, and he let us shoot in his apartment. And he was also gracious enough to let me and the actors and Dave and some of the other crew come in even beforehand to um, block it, which was very helpful. Um, I had done storyboards, but it was great to then get in the location and really kind of map it out with the actors. And that helped to get it done in two days, even though it was still a long two days was a lot to coordinate, but, um, yeah, it was a couple of those things I think were key too, to, to having it go as smoothly as it could, um, got to actually look through the lens and the location with the actors. And that was really helpful. That's great. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, it, it's, he seems like a really cool guy. Your, your friend that let you use his, um, his apartment to have those, uh, insects in it <laughs> yeah he's uh yeah he's very cool he's canadian so, <laughs> nice. oh there you go <laughs> yeah. Back. Yeah. 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 well he <laughs> wrote to it oh <laughs> <laughs> to be honest though um his wife uh, did not know we were bringing insects <laughs> into the, uh, the apartment she knew we were shooting there that would have been that would have been too much to hide but uh she knew we were shooting and she was, she was pretty much gone the whole shoot. He was there because he was working on it as well. And it was only when I sent him a rough cut to look at and his wife happened to watch the rough cut with him. that she then realized, you know, luckily afterwards that uh, we had done that. And at that point she was okay with it. I don't know if she was completely happy with it, but she was okay with it. <laughs> now she loves the film and everything's fine. So. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> all friends yeah we're still friends so that's the important thing good good (laughs) that's great so we'll uh we'll talk we'll talk about surefire here in a second also i just want to reiterate that this that the short film is what's eating dad it'll be playing at sharktober in irvington on the 16th and uh where else are you guys taking it after 
uh, after in the in the weeks to come. Yeah, so our next fest uh, we're really excited about also is uh, Santa Fe, Santa Fe Independent. Um, uh, we've both never been to Santa Fe, so <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Santa Fe. So uh, that's going to be extremely cool. That's coming up next week. Uh, we're we're screening Thursday, next Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually got we're, we're uh, a lot of film festivals in September and October. Uh, we're playing at San Pedro, the San Pedro International Film Festival in L.A. this Saturday. Nice. Um, we're playing at Spooky Movie International Horror Film Festival in Silver Spring, Maryland this weekend. That's on Sunday. Uh, that is at the AFI Silver Theater there, which is beautiful. Um, and then Dave mentioned Santa Fe next week, and we're playing at uh, Orlando, the Orlando Film Festival the following week. I think it's the 22nd and 23rd. Um, and Shocktober. Uh, um, and I think that's it for October. It's like, yeah, five or six different screenings. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Congrats on all the success with it too. Cause that's, I mean, it sounds when you, when you lay it all out like that, I mean, it just sounds exhausting, but going to all of these places sounds just incredible. We're not, it it has been, we've had to be selective. Um, we haven't been able to go to all of them. Um, so yeah, we're going to Santa Fe. We're not hitting some. Last month we did manage to go to to Hell's Half Mile and Breckenridge, but we were in three or four other festivals last month that we couldn't make it to, um, which is too bad. We want to go to as many as we can. So, but we do have to be selective. It'd be a little too expensive, I think, to go to all of them. Right, <laughs> it's not budget. Yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's been fantastic. Uh, it's really been great to travel with it. That's great. That's awesome. Um, before we go on to Surefire, I do want to mention, Dave, you wrote a Family Guy spec script uh, that you can uh, – for our listeners, you can find information on it at NavyYardFilms.com. Um, but there, there's, a, uh, there's, a, there's a, a video of the table read of it, and I just want to mention I listened to it or I watched it today, and I was cracking up throughout it. That was fantastic. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the like, one guy who watched it. This account, too. <laughs> well, no, thank you so much. That was so much fun writing. It's, it's, um, it's, it's different medium and it's a different style of writing. But when you have, you know, Seth MacFarlane's genius and, you know, the characters that he creates, it's already out there. It, you know, it, like they say, characters, they write their own dialogue. They're right. Excellent. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, um, thank you for that. And um, I'm actually a second rounder in Austin Film Festival, which is uh, like the top 15%. So um, I'm going down there at the end of October. That's and again, November to represent. So um, I'm really excited. Never been to Austin. So it's going to be a lot of fun. That's very so, awesome. Congrats yeah, on, on the success on that and everything. And if you're listening, I'll have links to all this in the show notes. And uh, also check out the, the, the read of it because I can't think of another um, situation where I've heard someone just read a direction that describes uh, 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 Megatron having sex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's definitely memorable. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
So you guys are currently, are, are you guys currently in pre-production for Surefire? And do you want to just tell us what, what all it's about? Uh, you mentioned it at the Q&A at Indie Film Fest when, when I was there. And I've, I've, I'm really excited to learn more about it and, and for you guys to, to um, get, get on it. <laughs> so sure, how's that sure. going? Uh, we are in pre-production. Um, we, um, it's a comedy. It's a crime comedy uh, set here in New York about a con man having a midlife crisis <laughs> and, and what happens when he has that midlife crisis. Um, we, um, we finished the script several weeks ago. We've already been meeting with producers, investors, cast, um, and other, other folks. Um, and making it happen now, really launching it. Um, we've got more meetings this week and next week. And some of this is having the, uh, the success of what's eating dad has been really helpful in those meetings. Um, it's jumpstarted some of those conversations. We've got the script out to quite a few people. Um, so we're, and, and at the moment we're envisioning a spring shoot spring of 2016, here in New York, um, and some of the cast that we're going after. In fact, most of the cast is here in New York. We really wanted to have a New York feel, like an iconic New York quality, uh, particularly with the comedy. It's definitely influenced, I'd say, most by Woody Allen as well as Mel Brooks. Um, so it's sort of got its feet on the ground, but it also kind of gets a little outrageous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very fast-paced. Um, but we're extremely excited about it, um, and I'll let uh, yeah I'll let Dave Dave dive in. Yeah, so uh, Michael and I co-wrote along with a third uh, writer, uh, Steve Wisniewski, and um, going back to what I said about um, you know the script being the genesis, the base, the foundation of a great movie or a TV show or whatever, um, we got a great script. I mean, when we read it, we crack ourselves up. So that's, you know, Dave and I are a tough audience. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> when that happens, you know, you know, there's magic in the air. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so we can't wait to shoot this, you know, um, we just need money, you know, so <laughs> that's all. Maybe a little bit of money. Yeah. A little bit of money. But um, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic script. Um it's funny, funny as hell, and um, it's it's also heartwarming. It's it's got a lot of character, you know, a lot of heart. So, um, yeah, it's good stuff. It's about how uh, even even uh, con men can get a second chance in life and uh, rewrite their own script. Sort of the uh, it's it's feel good. It's definitely feel good by the end. Very cool. Very cool. Um, no horror, no horror really. Oh, there, there's a lot of like. Uh, <laughs> There's desperation. desperation. <laughs> there's desperation and there are life and death stakes, but there's no uh there's no uh zombies or monsters per se in this one. No, it's it's filmed in New York, so there might be some rats. <laughs> <laughs> That's a given, yeah. Yeah, hopefully not you. <laughs> <laughs> um well I as cliched as a question is, I always like to to ask uh, the the creators and the storytellers that we we talk to on our podcast. I always like to ask them who their influences were. Um, I know that, uh, Michael, you mentioned Woody Allen and, and Roman Polanski, and those are two terrific influences. Can't, can't go wrong with either one of those. Um, I'm just curious, is there, is there anything else? And, uh, Dave, do you have anyone who was a major influence on you? 
I really love uh, the Coen Brothers. Nice, uh, nice. Yeah, they are so versatile, and they're just so damn good at everything they do. It's it's just incredible. Boggles the mind. But uh, I mean, Raising Arizona is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Nice. So, oh yeah. Um, just I love the the fight scene with him and uh, Nicholas Cage and John Goodman. <laughs> Nicholas Cage raises his hand in the trailer. But he rakes his knuckles against the popcorn ceiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to Earth. That's a good moment. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um. Yeah. The, you know, in terms of film, I mean, I, I really love Unforgiven and Shawshank Redemption. I, nice. I, mean, I watch I watch those movies like a couple times a year. Just, nice. they're just beautiful movies. And Unforgiven, I love especially because it's an original screenplay by Dave Webb Peoples, and it's not an adaptive one, like uh, a lot of movies are. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I love. Very cool. Very cool. Michael, do you have any uh, any other um, influences in, in your, in your uh, writing and directing? Wow. Uh, there's so many. I mean, I, I'm definitely uh, sort of attracted to, like, auteur-driven films and filmmakers, like a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in terms of comedy – Woody Allen and Mel Brooks are up there. Um, I like a lot of the greats. I mean, going back to like, you know, even Buster Keaton and I love comedy Um, and other filmmakers. Yeah. It's just a long list. Um, You know, I'm probably partial to directors that came out of the new Hollywood in the seventies, like Scorsese, like De Palma, like, uh, Robert Altman, um, but I, you know, I love Orson Welles is one of my favorite directors. Fellini is one of my favorite directors. It just, it kind of goes on and on. There's, there's <laughs> so many great filmmakers. Um, so yeah, I mean, I studied film and, and I've now made quite a few films and I'm always going back to film, particularly when, whenever I'm, I'm always watching films, but when I make a film, I usually try to like key in on some some key influences for key films, like with, with What's Eating Dad, it was Let Me Go to Annie Hall and Rosemary's Baby. And with uh, Surefire, been looking at, right now, been looking at some Woody Allen, and been looking at, I don't know if you guys have seen that, even just, you know, sort of one-off films, Bowfinger, the Steve Martin comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think it gets enough credit for, for how great it is. <laughs> it's it's really hilarious film. Um yeah, Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy are so great in that film. Oh yeah. Um we're looking at Ed Wood, um nice. the Tim Burton film. Um and then we've been watching crime comedy. Um we were looking at American Hustle, Get Shorty. Um I just try to sort of steep myself in as much sort of of those kinds of influences as I can when, when prepping to make a film. Um, anyway, that's a lot of names. <laughs> yeah. Name drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And, and we won't keep you, keep you that much longer or anything, but I kind of want to kind of wrap up things. Um, for our podcast, we're, we're a weekly movie and TV podcast. So, uh, so it's kind of natural for us to ask, have you guys watched anything lately, movie or TV related? Um, that has stuck out to you? Anything, anything that you, anything you, you've watched lately that you want to mention? You know, there's so much great TV. I haven't had a chance yeah. to go to the theater, unfortunately, but 
when I'm home just lounging around. Okay, let's see what's on Netflix um, or Amazon. So I started rewatching The Wire. Oh, nice. Jesus, what a great show. Yeah. I mean, talk about phenomenal writing, just everything about it, you know, production-wise, the acting. It's just incredible. Um, you know, it's a slow drama. slow. It's a slow burn, but mm. it hooks you, you know. It's, it's pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're watching that on Amazon. So I, I assume, have you, um, have you seen the HD remasters of it or still the – uh, four by six or four to six. Yeah, I haven't seen the remasters. Okay, nice. I, I just actually just recently bought the Blu-ray. Um, <laughs> kind of just dipped into my savings to buy it. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm really anxious to to rewatch it in that format. Oh, awesome! Yeah, I gotta check that out. Yeah, yeah. Matt and I both think so highly of the Wire that we yeah. almost never talk about it right. because <laughs> it turns it turns into a tangent and we don't get anything done for six hours. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Mike? Um, I was I was trying to think when you were talking. Like we've seen so many films <laughs> on the film festival circuit that um, some of them aren't aren't released now or or some sort of limited release. Uh, we saw a really good documentary about Evil Knievel, yeah, uh, called Being Evil, uh, which was quite good. We saw that at Breckenridge. Uh, we we know one of the filmmakers. Um, what else did we see? Oh. I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, another horror comedy, What We Do in the Shadows. I've been really anxious to see that, but I haven't gotten a chance to. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, um, it's, it's crazy. It, it was pitched to us as if you it's it does for the, the vampire genre what Shaun of the Dead did for the zombie genre. Nice, very um, cool. So I was we went in with high expectations, and I got to say it it delivered. It was mm-hmm. it was really good. It's really funny. Um, what else we see? And then, I don't know, recently I saw, you know, about half of The Shining on TV the other night, which still blew me away. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many things I was trying to think that I, yeah, I, but, um, the hotel we stayed at in Breckenridge was The Shining Hotel. Because <laughs> it kind of was. Huh. It's <laughs> like and like we had to switch elevators. Yeah, that was quite an experience. It's a great hotel, right? You know, but you, you like, had to take we had to take two elevators to yeah, get yeah. to our room. Right, right. We weren't even in the penthouse. <laughs> yeah, don't mind the blood and yeah. the two girls standing at the end of the hallway. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, one of my we really, we really thought of the shining when that happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's one of my goals is to to stay in a hotel like the uh, the Overlook, um, right, right. <laughs> The Shining. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Well, we can we can wrap this up here. Thanks so much, guys, for for chatting with us and again for letting us screen uh, what's eating Dad. Um, as we're as we're about to wrap up, do you guys want to mention like where where you can find more of the, uh, your work on online and everything? Sure. Uh, well, you can see What's Eating Dad, or you can see the trailer, at least, for What's Eating Dad at whatseatingdad.com. Um, and then my own website, michaelgoldberg.com. It's Goldberg with a B-U-R-G at the end. Uh, you can see some more of my shorts there, and some. Uh, there's also links to a web series I did and some commercials I've done and prior shorts. So check it out. Yeah. Um, so besides what's whatseatingdad.com, um, 
my site is navyyardfilms.com and a list of the projects that I'm working on. And um, just so you know, too, I don't know if we touched on this, but we have a couple of distribution deals for What's Eating Dead. So oh, nice. Um, you can actually catch What's Eating Dead on DirecTV. What? Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and we're talking to actually other uh, distributors. So um, it's, uh, it's a good time for dad. Every day is dad. <laughs> Very cool. Well, again, congratulations on all, all the success for What's Eating Dad. And the best of luck to you guys on, on Surefire. And when, when, that, when the time is right, I would love to have you guys back on to, to talk about that um, when, when that gets, uh, gets wrapped up and all that. That would be amazing. Thank you. Terrific. Yeah. Thank we'll you. take oh, you up absolutely. on that. Yeah, yeah we'll definitely. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and uh, sign out for this for this episode then. Uh, thank you for listening, and uh, thanks again, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. This was great. Join the Obsessive Viewer podcast on October 16th at the Irving Theater on East Washington Street for the Obsessive Viewer presents Shocktober in Irvington Part 2. It's a one-night event screening of short films including the premiere of J.P. Leck's The Lantern the latest entry in his cross-medium elsewhere world universe, as well as a modern retelling of Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart from the guise of Synapshot Productions and Billy and Brandon Watch Movies. There will be giveaways, raffles, interviews with the filmmakers, and so much more. All proceeds will go directly to the Irvington Historical Society. For more details, go to shocktoberinirvington.com. October 16th at the Irving Theater helps support local filmmakers in a great community with The Obsessive Viewer. Thank you for listening to The Obsessive Viewer, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can email the hosts individually at matt, tiny, or mike at obsessiveviewer.com or send an email to the podcast in general at podcast at obsessiveviewer.com. Check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at obsessiveviewer.com where we post movie and TV reviews and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer and follow us on Twitter at obsessiveviewer, at obsessivetiny, and at IamMikeWhite. If you want more obsessive content in your life, check out our sister site obsessivebooknerd.com for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the podcatcher of your choice. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other.
Sorry, I, I screwed that up. I, I messed up my notes. Uh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> dude. It's the beauty of podcasting. You can just redo it. And yeah, it in. and it happens all the time. I've two and a half years, and I haven't gotten it down. So, all right. Uh,